0: You know, like they might talk about like, hey, we're stablecoin, but we want to be able to be bought somewhere. Well, it's either going to be Coinbase, Kraken, or Gemini. You know who owns Gemini? The Winklevoss twins. It's not going to be Gemini. (laughs)
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Crypto Basic Podcast. This is our flagship Friday, episode number 75. That's when we're covering all the news and current events in the crypto world. My name is Karim Baruki, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Livy.
0: Hello. how How are you doing?
1: Doing pretty good. And missing from this recording, unfortunately, is Brent, who looks like he's dying from the pictures that we saw, basically.
0: He's very in-depth. Whenever he's got, you know, something wrong, like uh, when he <laughs> had the uh, nose issue, he was like he was sending, he was just like, don't nope, This is what's wrong. Check this out. I want you to really get in there. <laughs> yeah, we were getting bloody nose
1: pictures everywhere. Yeah. Um, anyway, he definitely looked knocked out. Brent, we hope you feel better. It's not. I know he does everything possible not to miss a flagship. So this must be a, a little tough, uh, rough patch.
0: <laughs> and I mean, uh, we're this is flagship number seventy-five. I mean, we're three quarters of the way to a century, a hundred you know, flagships. a hundred flagships, which I think we're gonna get to before the end of the year. It's gonna be close, you know. I guess if one of us yeah, has it's to 25 go solo, five weeks, right? Yeah, I was trying to like figure out on the calendar, but it just like it gets a little. I don't know, it's hard to count and talk at the same. Yeah, time.
1: Yeah, yeah, we should, we should. It's not halfway through the year yet. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. We're cutting it close.
0: Well, yeah. It could be a New Year's 100 pop the bottle 2020 flagship.
1: <laughs> All right. So we'll we'll have to do some. Uh, we're going to go ahead and put this in our physics department, the crypto basic physics department. We'll go ahead and do the math and calculate uh, when flagship 100 will be. But for now, Adam, we are in flagship 75 with or without Brent. We got to do this thing. So let's get things fired up with the rapid fire section. You got a couple of stories here, so give us some headlines. What do you got?
0: All right. So right off the bat, Binance is in the news. Well, just, you know, again. And their DEX, their decentralized decentralized exchange. You can't see me, but I'm doing the quotation fingers. <laughs> the, I they're, can see you. Yeah. They're gonna geo block US customers in twenty eight other countries starting in July. And I guess that kinda makes sense somewhat. Like they don't really wanna have to deal with the SEC because they've they've already charged the founder of EtherDelta, uh, Ether Delta, which is one of the first decentralized exchanges. Maybe it was I doubt it was the first, but it was at least one of the first ones that I heard about. For operating an unregistered securities exchange, November. So they kind of just want to avoid that. And uh, among them, there's a lot of African countries, Iran, Iraq, Kosovo. Uh, I guess just a lot of uh, countries in turmoil. Crimea, <laughs>
1: United States, United States, Yemen.
0: Yeah, Venezuela. Yeah, Kosovo. Kind of a United States. List. Yeah. yeah the uh democratic people's (laughs) republic of korea but yeah so that's uh, about it um the next
1: that's interesting i wonder how how effective it is adam i know they probably didn't cover that but i'm just curious like when when a company goes and tries to do something like this is this easily circumnavigated by vpns or are there stricter
0: i don't know know? but i could see this being kind of um like I would think that it's easy like in those countries to kind of get around it, but it's probably Binance that has the tech. Is that what you're, you're saying?
1: Yeah, I get like, No, yeah, finance you're right. Binance will probably able to block it. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. How does uh, finance regulate it? But okay, it is supposed to be rapid fire, so I'm going to let you keep going.
0: All right. The next one is uh, Vitalik Buterin was on a Hardcore Crypto Podcast, you slash YouTube channel... And it was a five-minute video. And the very honestly, the very beginning was just the host asking, so what do you think of Bitcoin uh, SV? And he immediately he kind of laughed and then basically was like, well, it's a scam. And then he started talking about the whole thing with, uh, you know, uh, Binance delisting and blah, blah, blah. And that was kind of just that. But it was Vitalik saying, you know, well, yeah, it's a scam. Um, yeah. which I not super was-
1: surprising here right since uh, Vitalik has been one of the public figures that's been pretty openly calling out Craig Wright every chance he gets so I guess yeah. not the most shocking position from him
0: but it's just good you know it, it is something that's like uh, he's saying this in a on a you know on a platform on media yeah and he, his words carry weight definitely yeah. he should be and uh, the next one is a Bitcoin 2 popped up on uh, CoinMarket cap today i mean i don't maybe it's been around for a little bit but why the fuck are you naming your coin bitcoin too you, you must be a troll just for this reason so you can get on our podcast i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm gonna wait around for bitcoin four to be honest with you because i heard it's got double the features so we'll see
0: i mean brent would definitely be bitcoin 69 that that's when he would oh. uh, start or yeah uh, <laughs> or maybe maybe just one that's like kind of in you know they like to have their secrecy and maybe you know be a little have their privacy. I can't remember the name of that coin, but I think there's something <laughs> you know with Bitcoin and privacy there. So I'll get better at that delivery in the future, but um, I think you guys know what I am inferring. So the last one is Apple announced they will be introducing something called a crypto kit. Uh, with their iOS 13 update, and it's basically a developer kit that helps provide tools for uh, to one day build secure apps on the iOS. And it's kind of just good to hear Apple saying anything with crypto.
1: Yeah. Did you? What did you think? Uh, did you hear this story about people booing the release of the display stand? Basically, Apple selling a thousand dollar display stand. Basically.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I saw that that was a thing. And what's crazy to me is as far as, you know, the Samsung, Apple, Mac, whatever, like all the the computer companies, Apple has the biggest like homers. They will once (laughs) you're and and it kind of happened to me. Because it took me so long to become an Apple guy, that once I finally converted over from like a random PC laptop to, like a, you know, like a Windows laptop to a MacBook Pro, I was so on board with everything iMac, I whatever, I this, and <laughs> I doubt that it is worth the money, but I. Am also doubting that it's not going to sell like hotcakes. They have so many truthers out there; it's wild. Yeah.
1: All right. So here's my not so unique position on Apple. I would say I agree with you. I do think that some of the people that are into the Apple cult are stronger into that than almost any other brand or anything. You know, it's like (laughs) uh, complete like whatever they make, they will buy. But. I do think that Apple was significantly better than the competition for a really long time. I just feel like that's just kind of slowly disappeared over time. I'm not convinced that an iPhone 10 is better than a Galaxy 10. And I'm not convinced that a high-end PC can't compete with an Apple. Uh, but they still charge the premium. And then they do all these little weird things where like they know people are going to buy it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't know if it's worth the premium, I guess.
0: I doubt it is. But I can't tell you... like, And it seems like Apple just has the richest customers, too. You know, it's all just...
1: <coughs> and the richest coffers. They got more money on hand than any country... I mean, any uh, company in the world, I believe.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting when Apple decides to start flexing their financial muscles to figure <laughs> out what direction they want. Because right now, I think we're in a great time of change for, in a lot of areas. And I think at some point... Apple's going to see what the next, like, face, you know, we're going to talk about it with Facebook, uh, but Apple's going to see what the next big thing is, kind of, or how to kind of pivot,
1: capitalize. Maybe yeah. capitalize.
0: And they're yeah, going to start using a lot
1: of that money. I remember there was a lot of talk about Apple's self driving car program, for example. Now, I haven't seen or heard a lot about it since, but I remember hearing a lot about it. So you're right, you know, whether it's, it does seem like at some point they'll come strongly with a pivot and especially with all that money that they have on hand. But yeah, let's go ahead and make that pivot to Facebook that you just hinted at. Uh, I found a story here that I wanted to talk about. We've already talked about Facebook's uh, cryptocurrency project that they're going to be rolling out. This is just basically more details on that same story. But essentially, Facebook is gearing up supposedly towards the end of this month. They're going to announce the reveal of Global Coin. That's what they're going to name it. And it seems that what they're going to announce is that they are going to give control of the cryptocurrency to an independent foundation. That's for two things. Number one, they're getting ahead of the uh, accusations that they're overly centralized and probably as well to soothe financial regulators so that it's not Facebook controlling this crypto. Just make it its own thing, its own uh, foundation. Uh, what, something I found interesting, though, was that the article kept referring to GlobalCoin as a rival to Bitcoin. I understand what they mean, but it's kind of weird because even the article itself says that GlobalCoin is going to try to be pegged to the US dollar. So it's very much not trying to function like Bitcoin. It's uh, obviously more competing with stablecoins. Okay, and how are they going to roll it out? Well, obviously, the powerful thing about Facebook is that they're going to be able to integrate this into WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, and Instagram. So, that's obviously (laughs) really strong. That's a lot of users right there, just mentioning those three. Yeah, you forget how powerful Facebook is, right? Like, I mean, they own, (laughs) I mean, WhatsApp and Instagram and Messenger, it kind of dampens those things about a lot of people deleting Facebook. It just shows that they're still pretty powerful. I mean, if those people are on Instagram instead, and I know WhatsApp is indispensable for international people,
0: you know? I feel like you've said what's up multiple times on the... <laughs> the sh- maybe yeah. someone else. I don't know. I've definitely heard it.
1: What's up? <laughs>
0: what's no, yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah, um, you're right. Do I do agree with you. I think it's going... To, this is kind of just talking about with Apple, where Facebook mm-hmm. finally, you know, Zuckerberg saw that crypto was the next big thing in 2000, late 2017. I think he made a post just saying, hey, we're going to focus on this in 2018. And this is kind of the end result of that.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Actually, that's when they might have been communicating it to the world. But I think some of the moves that they've made show that they've been thinking about this for even longer because Remember, they hired the guy running this project. So the head of the blockchain division at Facebook was hired in 2014. And he's the ex-president of PayPal, David Marcus. So since 2014, they grabbed someone who was running PayPal to run their blockchain division, which means that they were foreseeing this move clearly, right? And it's, it's powerful. They also have... Other things that I didn't expect them to mention, apparently you're going to be able to buy GlobalCoin at physical ATM, machine style, I don't know, access points. The employees of the project can choose to get paid in it. We'll see how many of them do. Now this part is really interesting, Adam. They, the way that they wanna run the network is, apparently they're gonna charge firms $10 million to run a node, and then a node in the GlobalCoin network. And then node operators have representation on the independent foundation. So people are essentially going to buy their way into a stable coin. Nodes are going to be purchased. I mean, I guess that's how we do a lot of the coins, right? But $10 million is a steep tag. I wonder which entities will be incentivized to invest $10 million so that they can have a seat at the table.
0: What would make a company want like, I, I'm just trying to think about it. I'm kind of failing to come up with a company that would really want that. Maybe you could shed some light in, on that statement.
1: Well, um, <laughs> I feel like this is one way to that maybe Facebook itself could use to circumnavigate the governance that they just implemented, right? It's like, okay, here's this an independent foundation, and $10 million gets you a node. By the way, just to get things running, we're going to go ahead and buy. 20 notes, right? Okay, so now basically, no matter what happens, you ho- you have a pretty strong majority, unless a ton of money comes in, and you can essentially, as Facebook, run the quote unquote independent organization. I'm not accusing them of doing this. I'm just saying that that's like an idea that comes to mind. And yeah. another thing is like, so what did what do they do with that money, right? Like if the money goes into the ecosystem somehow, then it's less seems less nefarious or manipulative.
0: You started uh, getting me, see, me asking the question of not having anything. And then it's kind of, I guess my brain's kind of reactive because you got me started after answering that. And it made me think, what if they just start incorporating the coin into posts? So when you like something, it, you know, if, some, if something gets liked uh, 10,000 times, maybe that's like equivalent to a certain amount of global coins you're now getting and it actually yeah maybe there's there could be you know some sort of fraud or whatever but like still the biggest thing uh, i feel like the biggest truth indicator sometimes is just or maybe not truth but money really you know tying to a statement to money kind of you know like an upvote almost it's like it's kind of like a version of an upvote kind of you're giving your your money, your coin. Right. Something.
1: Right. No, no question about it. And, you know, it, it even cuts out uh, it does create the potential for mini economies. Within the system, because like a lot of influencers or a lot of people that are trying to go viral, they're getting the money essentially through third party, right? It's like first you blow up and then so now you are very visible and therefore somebody that wants to sell a product or a service through your visibility is paying Facebook or Google um, to advertise on you and you get a cut. So here, if people could like directly get money just from sharing or upvoting or going viral, you know, it's creating internal ecosystems. It's cutting out sometimes the advertiser, even though I'm sure the big picture would still be to bring in advertisers, but it's a way to generate activity. I I mean, look, it's interesting. I'll be honest with you. It kind of sucks because I think that Facebook is the worst of the big tech companies, the ones that provide the least value, the ones that take advantage of the customers the most. I guess the company... I don't trust any of the companies. I trust their incentives, but I think Facebook is the one I trust the least. However, if this is well thought out and well executed, and this is going to be a way for people to send money through WhatsApp, Messenger, and Instagram, then this is already a very strong ecosystem. I mean, super strong.
0: Yeah. I think that this could just change the way that we live our daily lives, like very... Dude, WhatsApp is so universal. I'd say yeah. out of all the apps, WhatsApp is how I communicate with all of my non-American friends, like even in America sometimes. You know, it's just it's just anyone that I do not know that is outside of – because I think maybe it's just very easy for them when they have so many different countries and service providers mm-hmm. from – I don't know how it worked exactly like in Europe or – you know, South, you know, South America or wherever, but I assume that they're probably on different networks like USA is for, to some extent. And that means, yeah. You're a hundred
1: percent right. Like for example, my entire family in Colombia and a lot of the groups, you know, cause you have people that get spread out, people that have moved to the United States, people that are living in different parts of South America and everybody can just, download this consistent messaging app. You're only getting, it's, you know, you're only, if you have people's phone numbers that it's relevant, it's directly connected to your phone number. It's sometimes more effective for sending pictures and videos. So yeah, you know, like it becomes just like you said, universal. And actually I do think that they have a lot of potential to grab the remittances market because it's just super efficient. I can't think- What's remittance? Remittances is when people in developed nations are sending money back to the developing nations that they come from. So somebody moves to America, they're making good money, and they're sending money back to Colombia or Nigeria or Japan. I mean, not Japan. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that is a big market. And right now, Western Union and and companies like that are taking a big, huge, huge chunk of it. So it's money that's being extracted into the financial sector, and it doesn't go into the actual development that people want it to go to.
0: I always wondered how the hell Western Union was still in business, and uh, I feel like you just told me.
1: Oh, yeah. that's pff, and, and they make billions and billions and billions of dollars. But it's not something that they should be making millions and billions of dollars for because they're not, I mean, they are providing a service in the the sense that there's not that much out there competing with it that people are familiar with. I mean, we know that there's alternatives, but a lot of people don't know, and especially in different countries, uh, WhatsApp is already there. Like they have it, like, just like you said, it's not, it's not like you're going to have to sell them on a new concept or a new program or a new currency system it's more like yeah that app that all you and all of your friends have and that everybody that lives in the states that you communicate with uses you could send money through there that's pretty strong
0: wow yeah i think that on this show we, we should start making a list. Because every week we get deeper and deeper into this world. You know, one more week uh, with more implementation or news talking about the future. You know, bigger companies every week. Now it's like last week it was, made, you know, a few weeks ago it was Samsung. Then it was, you know, uh, actually we're going to talk about Walmart on this show as well. And then now it's Facebook. You know, every week there's stuff, and we should start making a list of you know types of industries that we think are going to be defunct. After like, like, cause Western union is, are you, is there really going to be a need for that once there's, you know, I could just see them starting to get scared.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, listen, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think a lot of times it's going to be a matter of how well these institutions are able to reinvent themselves and to absorb or pivot if they have the resources to do so. You know what Sorry, I
0: mean? let me rephrase. I don't mean specifically Western Union. I mean the types of, uh, like, let's say when there was soundboards for back in the day when someone would call in somewhere, like, you know, a landline phone or something, they'd have soundboards. Like, that's going to be something that is no longer mm-hmm. needed. And I think that this is something, you know, maybe Western Union will pivot and figure it out. But, yeah, right. like, like taking a, a huge vig for just shipping money or something. It's just gonna be done by WhatsApp.
1: And it's huge because it is really like a butterfly effect. This is, I think, where a lot of the exponential value comes in because, okay, let's say that right now, totally making up a number, this is not a real number, but I just wanna use it as an example. Let's say that right now, $100 hundred billion dollars a year leave from the United States and Europe into developing countries that it's you know people who are going there working making more money than they can at home and sending it back right yeah let's say it's a hundred billion okay so that means that Western Union between all of their fees and all of their transaction methods are taking let's say 25 billion or thirty billion dollars a year out of that share as these systems become more applied and you end up with systems that are taking, half a percent, right? That means that there's now an extra $29 billion a year in investment throughout the developing world that's totally spread out amongst all these different groups that are receiving it, right? So it's, and what really, where is the money going to be used more efficiently and where is it going to create more economic growth? In the hands of thousands of developing countries, thousands of individuals, or accumulated in one more financial institution? you know
0: so so it's going to accelerate things like in a positive a financial acceleration i believe that yeah that's pretty cool i feel like we could talk about this all day we we have talked about this we can't (laughs) not all day no it's it's late for kareem over there um so (laughs) the next story is uh I, i found this earlier in the week and it's walmart is actually going to be joining a pharmaceutical tracking blockchain consortium, Mediledger. And that is a mouthful, but that is pretty cool, you know? They're doing this so they can track ownership and origins of pharmaceuticals. It's kind of just another supply chain. Uh, I feel like this is some, yeah, supply chain. And to be honest, I think we all should, we should know, you know, all of this stuff a little better as well. You know, when you when you get some rand you go and you get you have a cough or whatever and they say, hey, here's like take this, uh, you know, they give you a prescription for that and you take it. I'd like to know a little bit more history about the pharmaceutical, about the about the brand, maybe the company that I, I am getting this this from, even you know, even if it's generic or whatever, you know. So I, I think that's kind of uh pretty cool for Walmart. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, if there is one value in having these large companies is them being able to take on large projects.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they have over 35 billion Uh, of, sorry, 35 billion of Walmart's US sales per e- last year were of over-the-counter drugs or pharmacy drugs. So it, it really is smart for them to kind of get involved with blockchain when they are have Lots and lots of, uh, you know, money riding on it. And uh, we also have a... Uh, th- this is not their first thing that they've done with blockchain. Actually, they uh, started... Um, I'm not sure exactly when, but there's this thing called Food Trust. And it's actually by IBM. It was started by IBM. And it's basically a system for tracking fresh prod- fresh produce. Through the supply chain, and it's built on the Hyperledger Fabric platform. I know I've heard Hyperledger a lot. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure what it is. I'm um, gonna give it a give it a Google. Shout out, Pete yeah, Holmes. Yeah,
1: I, I feel like I remember it's something that people build on. Um, it's a umbrella project yeah, it's, of open it's, source it's, blockchains and related tools.
0: Yeah, I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but it is uh, IBM's, uh, you know, open source.
1: Heartbeat uh, Ledger was started in December 2015 by the Linux Foundation. You know what? Not gonna lie, that's a name that I trust. That
0: that's that's pretty like, cool. See, there's a yeah. there's you know pivoting, figuring out what's next. <laughs> you haven't heard a lot from Linux in a while, and then boom, they're just doing stuff with blockchain. <laughs> Yeah, But yeah, so I mean, this story is cool. I think that, you know, Walmart now has two supply chain the, yeah, they're involved with two supply chain blockchain companies. And I like that they have this one with, you know, trigger, trying to figure out where the fresh produce is sourced from. Sourcing is really becoming a, a popular word these days. Figuring out the origin of something. I hear that with coffee.
1: Yeah. No, no that look, it makes sense too though, because uh we are able to get our product from all over the world now, right? You know, everything is globalized, doesn't cost that much money to get an item across the world. So that gives a lot of opportunities for people to go with the cheapest possible supplier that they can find, which is in an unregulated market, and who knows what they're putting in your medicine or food or products. So I think it makes a lot of sense that in the age of a globalized economy, sourcing is becoming a bigger and bigger issue. So, for sure, yeah.
0: blockchain is going to play a role. It's definitely a good thing.
1: And are, I think you want to hear about this legal showdown between Kick and the SEC?
0: Yeah, I was, uh, I was, you beat me to the uh, transition. So, <laughs> Kareem, please tell us about Kik and the SEC. Which of these abbreviated companies are going to win? <laughs>
1: well, so the SEC, that's the Security and Exchange Commission, has filed a $100 million lawsuit against a Canadian company. They're called Kick, social media startup, and uh, they're actually called Kik Interactive, and they are suing them for the sale of unregistered tokens. So this is actually a big case. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on it. Because these cases a lot of times, you know, we talk about regulation and legislation, but a lot of times what ends up happening is certain legislation can be written in particularly broad ways and court cases actually end up settling things. Even the Howey test, which we've talked about on the show in the past, which is how the SEC determines whether something is an investment vehicle, was determined by a lawsuit that ended up in front of, okay, how do we interpret this uh, law the way that it's written? So anyway back to this specific scenario uh the company kick launched a digital trading currency on the app that would be traded inside the app and the sec considers it an illegal offering it was launched in 2017 they brought in more than 100 million dollars so apparently the sec decided that they're suing them for 90 something percent of (laughs) the money raised Oof. yeah and the ceo ted livingston said that the company does plan on fighting the enforcement action so they're not backing down it's not accidental they knew that the sec was going to fight him on this and they decided to just battle them in court um, they've also started a fundraising crowdsourcing uh campaign at defendcrypto.org where they're just saying like hey help us raise money to fight this case to defend crypto they've raised about four and a half million dollars now here's what the sec says that specifically kick marketed the coin kin kin as an investment opportunity because they emphasized the fact that it was going to increase in value as demand went up so one of the aspects of the howie test is if you're selling something specifically by saying hey listen buy this and it's going to go up in value then you're selling an investment opportunity which makes it more likely um, a security and one of the other things that the SEC has as a problem is that Kik said that they would build a system that would reward companies for adopting the, their cryptocurrency. But at the time of the ICO, this didn't exist. So basically is buy this, then we're going to build this. It'll go up in value. So again, we're getting closer to that security situation. I think I may be wrong about this, but as a reminder, the only two cryptos that the SEC has kind of like confirmed are not securities are Bitcoin and Ethereum. That could just be a lack of testing, you know, but that's more or less where we are. And, you know, kick when it picked, the valuation peaked around oh, $987 million. By the time the article was written, it was a $25 million market cap. That's a 97% drop. And I actually checked it today and it's down to $18 million. So they are definitely struggling. Yeah, so we'll see I, how that plays out.
0: Had you ever heard of Kick before? This the name sounded
1: familiar to be honest with you it did i don't know if it's because of a story on the show or because
0: i used to hear about it because there would be girls on uh tinder or something and they'd be like hit me up on kick or whatever and it's <laughs> kind of like a. It came out similar with to whatsapp but i ended up becoming a little more see, a seedier version of it oh where, you
1: know what i think you're right you yeah. have seen it on reddit I, I've seen the like mention and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Like they're they Do you, you want to chat on Kick or something like that? Yeah. But yeah. So I was always curious about this ICO when it came out. I remember seeing it. I remember taking in a lot of money, and I didn't really understand why it needed or how it was going to be implemented. But I mean, they've been around for a while. I, I mean, we've never done a one-on-one on or anything. We really haven't talked much about it. I don't really. I mean. It just seemed like uh they ha- they have a huge user base just like WhatsApp does. So, I I don't know, maybe they're going to figure something out with that. I have no idea if it's a security or not, but I I don't know. I mean, look,
1: this this probably shows that Facebook is definitely making the right move by choosing to go with a stable coin type of situation as opposed to hey, buy this and it's going to go up in value and we'll all get rich together type of situation.
0: Yeah. We will see how this shakes out. It is interesting that he kind of saw this coming already, that they started a crowd fund, which, ah, I don't know. I think this is a... I mean, we'll have to really dive deeper and see how this unfolds. It's hard I, I to I think I share
1: your sentiment. I think what you're trying to say in a way is like... Okay, maybe maybe we don't want kick to get crushed here by the SEC, but it's not necessarily the standard bearer, the hill that we're gonna die on
0: is yeah, not. Like I don't be be know how much I actually crypto. care about. Yeah,
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so let's get let's get to a story that I think a lot of people are gonna care about for no, whatever no, no, reason. No, 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 no. Before no? we do
0: that, I have two things that I do want to discuss. I figured it out. It is. November 29th, Friday, November 29th, <laughs> 2019 is our hundredth flagship. So we're going to, we're going to have to, you know, we've, I figured it out. I did the math. It's going to wow. be, a, uh, yeah, it'll be a Thanksgiving, you know, kind of episode. We'll figure it out. Brent will definitely be there. Yeah. I think that's something that we, we now know. No, we good, can great. plan towards. I'm,
1: yes. That was definitely and, worth the pause.
0: And before we get to uh, Justin's, or oh god, I'm teasing. Uh, But uh, so I wanted to mention something about Facebook that I thought was really interesting. Okay. He might have to be on a. They might be on an exchange at some point. There aren't that many American exchanges. He's not going to go to Binance, you know. Like they might talk about like, hey, we're stablecoin, but we want to be able to be bought somewhere. Well, it's either going to be Coinbase, Kraken, or Gemini. You know who owns Gemini? The Winklevoss twins.
1: It's not going to be Gemini.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I thought that was pretty Gemini. hilarious. Like, yeah. It's just going to be pure ego. Him saying, yeah. nah, we're good. Or them saying, nah, they're good. Even if it's the right fit. I don't know. It would be hilarious if it was Gemini, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, no doubt about it. But I wonder if they will need an exchange. I mean, you're right. There has to be a point of... Well, they said they were gonna have these ATM like machines and stuff. Yeah, so I, I wonder mean, if they, they, if they but... will exchange for like two main currencies, you know?
0: I mean, it does and, help liquidity, just having it on exchanges. Cause otherwise it's like, just not really gonna be traded at all.
1: Dude, and think about the power. I'm just throwing this out there. Like I'm using Columbia as an example, but it could be anywhere. But let's say that Facebook puts an ATM somewhere and says, any Facebook dollars that you have, global coin, you can trade them in here in this ATM for Colombian pesos or US dollars based on the day's exchange. So you could just send somebody something to WhatsApp and they could just go get Colombian pesos at an ATM or something. They wouldn't need an exchange and that's a sick network. I mean, I don't know how if they'd be able to pull that off, but that's insanity.
0: Yeah, that's there's pretty- tons of ways. I mean... That'd be sick too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. This is huge, huge news for the space. Great news. Even if you don't like Facebook, if you, if yeah, you at all, that's what, you, ugh, they're I the mean, worst. I know they're the worst. But also, this is some. This is great for blockchain and implementation and use cases. You know. Yeah,
1: I guess so. We'll have to see the actual details of how everything rolls out. But I can't take it anymore, Adam. Can all right. we please get to this story about? <laughs> Uh, Justin's son, how would I say it? Being Justin's son. Why don't you break this down for us?
0: Yeah, so as the resident Tron guy, Tron I guess, I say that with a you know, deep sigh. So, <laughs> this whole thing started, uh, maybe it was around Memorial Day, I don't remember the exact date. May 26th is when this started. And... Justin's son, he announced that there. He tweeted that he was announcing that there's going to be an announcement (laughs) on June 1st. You know, you gotta love Am announcing there's an announcement. Of course, there's gotta be an announcement of an announcement. Yeah. So then he reveals that he on June 1st that he won the record-setting 20th anniversary charity lunch. Like, I don't even. Sorry, with Warren Buffett, and so he put up 4.6 million. To be the winning bid, and yet again, it's quotation marks, you know, finger quotes, because it's a bid. You can't, you know, like you you can put up whatever you want. Like you, it's not like you. It's not something that you were like chosen or won. You know, you yeah yeah, like, yeah. You raise your hand. But he gets the prize right, and he's putting up the money. Yes, he's putting up four point six million. Actually, no, he's not putting up prawn ah. or you know, it's ah. it's like the company's money. Yeah is putting up 4.6 million. I think it was like 4.57, whatever. uh, We're rounding up. And honestly, sometimes I feel like his tweets, maybe they get lost in translation for what he actually means, uh, but is not actually what he is physically saying because it's just so... Everything is just so sensational. It's so salesman-y. It's pretty cringe. Like, every time it's just an LOL. Like, what are... What I don't I don't know what what are you doing, you know? So it's pretty crazy to spend company money for that dinner, but hey, he wanted it to happen.
1: And within Sorry, Adam, and I was gonna say within context, you know, because we talk about such huge numbers, right? Like these companies raise tens of millions of dollars and It it just it gets lost. Like four point six million might not feel like a lot, but let's say that it was from the Tron Foundation or or the Tron whatever. Like it's actually think about how much development four point six million dollars can possibly generate. Right, like even if you have a team of talented coders that you're paying one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year for, this is easily. 3 years of a team of 10 coders that are making six figures or something like that. It's not it's not a little bit of money, you know.
0: Didn't we just read a few weeks ago that Ethereum Foundation is is like it's like $30 million and that's to, towards plasma Ethereum 2.0 and I think it was only 3 million that was going to devs. You know, it's just it's just like this money that is just it, it's an egregious egregious spend. And yeah. I, for a lunch that might have no return on equity whatsoever. For a publicity stunt, let's call it what it is. For a guy that doesn't really care about crypto. But he did, he can have up to seven invitees. And his picks were, preliminary picks were CZ, Vitalik, and Charlie Lee. And, uh, you know, good luck getting them there. And CZ immediately declined, suggested maybe Pomp comes, who I think would actually have would. I mean, I think he'd love being able to talk to uh, Warren Buffett. And I, I think that actually would be a good, I'd watch that. I'd listen to that. But yeah, so that's what happened this week in As the Tron Turns, As the Sun Turns. There we go. But yeah, so Justin Sun, he's relentless with all these random things going on.
1: Yeah, so here's another thing that bothers me about this. And this is why I really think that it's a publicity stunt. And in, in my opinion, either Justin Sun knows that it's just a publicity stunt or he's doesn't really understand the underlying incentives. Warren Buffett is not going to change his mind about cryptocurrency over one hour lunch or a three hour lunch with some crypto guys. You know why? Because his financial incentives are already in a different location and financial incentives speak louder than anything else. I just pulled up, you know, so his company famously is Berkshire Hathaway, right? Berkshire Hathaway is um, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett's investment vehicle. So by looking at Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio, we get an idea of, Where Warren Buffett's money is within the top ten holdings within Berkshire Hathaway's top ten holdings. Number two is Bank of America. Number three is Wells Fargo. We're talking about twenty-six billion dollars invested in Bank of America, ten percent ownership in Wells Fargo, eighteen percent ownership of American Express, uh, eight percent ownership of U.S. Bank Corp, one point six percent ownership of J.P. Morgan Chase. That's five billion dollars. Bank of America New York Mellon. So. We're talking about tens of billions of dollars that are invested in traditional payment systems, the traditional financial sector. There is nothing, nothing that is going to be said in that conversation that will change Warren Buffett's attitude towards blockchain. That would be like, it just doesn't make any sense. You don't go to Bill Belichick and try to convince him that the best sport in the world is cricket. It's just, it'll never happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, It's just not going to happen. This is a waste. So if this is really where the Tron Foundation's money is going, then uh,
0: whatever. I'd be angry as a Tron holder.
1: That's right. No, well, but if you are a Tron holder, is because you love almighty God Justin, and you would actually be talking about what a genius move this is, because it'll temporarily put Tron in that.
0: I will box. say, just to be somewhat uh, transparent, is that it is kind of cool that someone from the blockchain space was thinking, you know what? I want to talk to this guy. He's a really sick investor. Maybe, 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 maybe it'll change his mind. You know, there's that 0.01% that it does. But I it's true. doubt that it's, it will.
1: No, you're right. You're, And that's the other sad thing about this is that Justin Sun is probably the worst representation of the space. If we take for a second the idea that... Warren Buffett would be completely open and be like, all right, let me let me give this thing a try. After talking with Justin's son, he's like, nope, it's a scam. The whole thing's a scam, just like I thought.
0: <laughs> but he did suggest three people that are definitely great representations of the space. So, you know, yeah. if one of them can somehow make it, I guess that'll uh, hopefully make Justin look a little better.
1: Yeah. And the other cool thing, the headlines are valuable for sure. Because somewhere, somebody who's not into crypto will, oh, these guys are meeting with Warren Buffett.
0: Hmm. Exactly. So now we are moving on to crypto around the world. Mm -hmm. Daft Punk just never gets old.
1: Pretty fantastic. I I mixed that little intro there myself, that little thing with the plane. Yeah, you know, I copy paste and... Stuff. <laughs> DJ
0: Kareem in the
1: building. DJ Kareem just getting ready to take you around the world. So, for today's international crypto section, Adam, I want to talk a little bit about how tiny countries are in the best position and seem to be picking up the most steam when it comes to blockchain. Um, there was just recently a blockchain for impact summit, it was hosted at the United Nations. And the United Nations has actually been one of the institutions that has pretty much embraced blockchain pretty head on. They do consider it an opportunity to solve a lot of social problems. And if you look at some of the development goals, a lot of them, they have looked to implement blockchain. Specifically, the UN Office of Partnerships say that they have currently 15 entities that are carrying out some type of early stage blockchain initiative. One thing in particular that was clear throughout the conference is that it's small nations that seem to be moving the fastest on blockchain and crypto in general. Estonia. (laughs) Yeah. tease little tease coming up. Um, Estonia was, in fact, one of the countries that we were going to talk about. And they already are running. Apparently, the vast majority of their digital government infrastructure is already on blockchain. That's, you know, Estonia as an example. Monaco, the ambassador, uh, says that small nations like Monaco, in order to survive, have to constantly reinvent themselves. So Monaco has been sponsoring annual blockchain conferences for several years, and they just recently introduced a couple of bills to establish a framework that would promote a blockchain-friendly environment and regulation, and that's getting ready to be presented to the prince (laughs) of Monaco. Then you got Liechtenstein, where the prime minister uh, recently announced that he's getting ready to ratify a blockchain act this month that, again, is going to implement a blockchain-friendly regulatory framework. And their explanation for why they're able to move so quickly on things was literally that When you can get nine or 10 people in a room quickly and make decisions, that small countries can really move so much faster and make decisions so much faster on emerging tech. And the example that was given was, imagine of a country, a large country like the United States is a major corporation and a small country like Monaco or Liechtenstein are basically startups. Everybody's there. You can get everybody that matters very quickly in a room, make a couple of decisions and go. Uh, In you know, in the United States or at Coca-Cola, getting every single department head to make a major decision would be very
0: difficult. Not going to lie, that was literally what I was thinking as you were saying this uh, kind of, you know, because it's just, yeah, the ability to maneuver and move, you know, just figure out you're a startup, you have to be on the edge of everything and figure out, you know, how to advance yourself from a startup to a corporation. And how do you do that? Well, you find something like blockchain and you start moving because you know you have quicker legs than you know those corporations do just based on on what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. It makes structural sense, right? Like this is why we don't just think about positive and negatives, but we think about trade-offs. And understanding how, hey, if you are a startup or if you are a small nation, you are more nimble in a lot of ways. You can move more quickly in a lot of ways. So you should exploit that advantage. And being a major corporation or a major country comes with its own advantages, whether we're talking about leverage or purchasing power or who knows what. But it comes with its own disadvantages, bureaucratic structure. It takes longer to move uh, things. It just, it's almost like it's inherent in the structure of what we're discussing so yeah it's I think like
0: it's- yeah it's like if you make a decision today on let's say guns guns are banned today it will not be implemented for years or or the change will take a long time or even just to even get to the point of making that decision takes years to get to that point and then years after that if you're lichtenstein you can do that in a matter of weeks and then in or something and then by the end of the year you can get it to be a real rule for the public
1: and even like in a real physical sense i mean imagine that if you are in Liechtenstein or in monaco how far away from the meeting point does the furthest person who has to go to that meeting live an hour Right. And now so literally everybody in the country that is needed to make this decision can be there within an hour. Now, compared to the United States, where you have senators and congresspeople in California, Florida, Texas, North Dakota. Right. Yeah. It's like literally physically a different problem.
0: <laughs> so I just wanted to add to your point about being able to walk, you know, drive somewhere like an hour. I've been to Monaco probably four times now for poker. And there's Sick a European brag. poker tour. Yeah, subtle brag. Uh, uh, every time I go there, I go broke because it's 25 euros for a beer. But it's a great, it's really cool, really decadent. But I would stay in France when I was there. And I'm not, I would literally spend 15, 20 minutes walking from France to Monaco. And I'd basically be on like the edge of the country. It's such a small area. Exactly.
1: It, Exactly, so literally I'm Saying that an hour away was probably too much Maybe an hour walk
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's just wild how, some, how small some of these countries are Like Andorra yeah. or whatever but. And yeah, this is uh, interesting.
1: We had one more country here that I don't want to forget to mention them The Marshall Islands So Adam, you weren't with us yet But we originally covered this story On flagship number 9 uh, All the way back in March of 2018 and we talked about the Marshall Islands was getting ready to launch an ICO for a national coin that they were going to use alongside the U.S. dollar. So the Marshall Islands, as a national currency, uses the U.S. dollar. Part of the reason for that is because the United States had owed the Marshall Islands a ton of money a year. I mean, a ton of money by their standards. They get like they were getting like $35, $40 million a year in aid or in reparations really because of some of the nuclear testing and stuff like that that uh, the United States (laughs) did causing damage lasting damage to the community anyway those payments were coming to an end now and the Marshall Islands was moving forward with that ICO and it's called the Global Fund SOV token Sovereign Global Fund and now it's expected that these tokens will form alongside with the dollar a basis for the Marshall Islands economy so Across the board, we see it. It makes sense. We shouldn't feel bad when we hear that Monaco and Marshall Islands are moving faster than, let's say, you live in the United States or Canada or India or in Europe. Well, just understand that literally, structurally, it makes total sense that they would be able to move faster. Don't feel bad about your country. It's just taking a little slower. Big giants walk slow.
0: Sorry, I got a little distracted Googling Marshall Islands and then trying to, like, A, being shocked where it is, and then <laughs> B, shocked as to what it looks like. It's the smallest thing I've ever seen. It's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Not Like, the closest actual, you know, big country is Papua New Guinea, and it's just the most isolated, desolate Like not desolate, but how can this be a country?
1: Oh, dude! You know know what you just remind me me of? I don't remember what exact spot it is, but there's somewhere in the globe where you're in the middle of the ocean and you're so far away from anything that at certain days, certain specific days, if you were on a boat in this part of the planet the closest living humans to you would be those in the International Space Station because the oh distance would be God. less. Yeah, like a, a couple, like, I don't know, 107 kilometers up as opposed to the distance would be too much uh, across or in a circumference. Where that spot is, I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know. I didn't fact check it, but it seemed right.
0: <laughs> wow, that's wild. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that's uh, it for crypto around the world. And yeah. I think that's uh, kind of wraps it up,
1: right? Yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. You know, you usually mail back Patreon, all that stuff. We usually have Brent with us, um, keeping it under an hour. That's not too bad. We still got a good hour exchange between the two of us. That's um, not Pretty struggling good. for content. <laughs> no,
0: but I do want But we do want to say, uh, Patreon, thank you for just being a Patreon member. We appreciate that. It keeps us afloat for sure. Feel free to. Uh, Get in there and if if you do not belong to Patreon and you would like some of our sweet ERC-1155 engine tokens that are, uh, Brent always explains it, but I think they're just like, some they're like crypto-based, they're our own tokens, you get them, you get five, they're worth five engine, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but basically, you do get a crypto basic token. We have a
1: limited amount of them. You're right, Brent always does a better job. I almost Go check did out well. our Discord. That was no, good. that was pretty good. That's honestly better than I could have done. Uh, <laughs> and of course, don't forget if you want to join the conversation, you can get on our Discord. We're there all the time. By we, way, I mean mostly Brent. Number two is Adam. Uh, I'm gonna get in there a little more. I've been seeing some funny, some funny exchanges on there. Please rate us on iTunes. Uh, you can follow Brent on Twitter and Reddit and all that stuff. And remember. We are not financial advisors, just a couple of crypto guys doing some crypto talk
0: on some mics. Yep. Have a Uh, great evening, everyone. Have a great flagship Friday. (laughs) All right. Sayonara.